Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com and we are talking together today on episode 64 on what is the best use of our time. I was thankful to get to put this one together because as I was writing and praying and processing through it, there were various things going on in my life that had me asking myself that question. What is the best use of my time in this moment? But before we dig in, I want to share a a resource with you, and it is my free resource library that I have over at the blog. These are free downloads that the hope is they'll be a help in your home, and I'd really love you to take advantage of them if you haven't yet. I've been working really hard on learning how to create my own printables so I can better provide you guys with resources that I would use in my own home. So as I accomplish that feat, and it is a very huge feat, trust me, it is very big, there will be more and more freebies added to the resource library at the blog. And once you have access as a subscriber, you always have access. So um, you can check out the link in the show notes, or you can also just head to the blog and you can click at thankfulhomemaker.com and you can click on the tab that it's a very, it's at the top menu and it's titled free library and it will walk you through how to access your printables. If you're on mobile, you're going to see these little lines at the very top of the, when you have Thankful Homemaker open on mobile and if you click on those lines at the top, that'll be the top menu and it'll drop down from there. All right, so let's dig in. So we know, ladies, even amid the mundaneness of our days, that the work the Lord has given us in our homes matters for eternity. My quote lately has been, homemaking matters, and I'm going to expand on that more as the this next year goes on and into next year. But our God has purpose in all things. There is no secular work in Christ. All is sacred. And as homemakers, we desire to be productive and accomplish much in the time we're given. I know for me, it feels really good when I check those tasks off my to-do list, but then the reality hits that most of them are back on it again tomorrow because I'm going to make beds again and do dishes and have laundry to do and vacuuming and cooking meals and all the other chores that come about in managing a home. It's hard sometimes to determine how to prioritize our days and feel like we're getting things done. So how do we determine what to do next? I have quoted Elizabeth Elliot's words to you guys often and to myself in my head of do the next thing, but what is the next best thing to do? How do we determine that we're using the time we've been given wisely? So I'm a checklist type of gal, and my morning and evening routines are pretty much daily habits. I keep my planner updated daily, and I can find myself basing my contentment on how well my day goes as planned. It's that moment that I realize I may be making an idol out of my productivity. I recently read a little booklet called How Can I Feel Productive as a Mom? And it was written by a woman named Esther, and I'm going to botch her last name, but it's Engelsma. It's E-N-G-E-L-S-M-A. And I'll link to this little booklet in the show notes too. 
where she shared about how to think of our work as believers. She reminded us in this quote I'm about to share of hers on what should be the end result of our work, and it's not just about getting things done. She said, I thought that God's call to us, God's will for us, and God's purpose in creating us all centered on getting things done. They don't. Getting things done is part of using time well. Using time well is part of growing in sanctification. Growing in sanctification is part of glorifying God. But the end of it all is to glorify God. The most basic tool is getting things done or productivity. The tool is meant to be used, but not idolized. It is a means it is not an end. Because it is only a means, we will never be satisfied when we make it our end. End quote there. And I want to say, just reiterate, and again, the quote it she's talking about is getting things done or productivity. So what is our work given by God? Because in the midst of busy days, with so much to take care of from tasks to more importantly, our people, we can miss the end goal. We can get caught up in the temporary and forget to have eyes on the eternal. My end hope with my family is that the Lord would save them and that he would continue to sanctify me and them. And to be honest, this is not my focus most of the day. I can be caught up in the Martha moments and not live like Mary, who focused on the one thing that was more, most important, on Jesus. I don't want us to think as I'm saying this that we don't have to plan and order our days because this is a really important part of helping us to have the time to focus on the quote one thing that is most important. And for me personally, my morning routine has helped me to set time in my day to sit with the Lord and glean from his word and spend time with him in prayer. It has become a habit and something I look forward to when my feet hit the floor in the morning. And just for the record, I also look forward to my coffee too, just being honest there. But but Esther's words from the above book are helpful again to give us a clear perspective on t- taking as what Gloria Furman described it, quote, the long view of motherhood. I really like that. And that's taken from Gloria Furman's book, Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full. But Esther continued on. She said, But daily productivity is important to this long view because it's a tool to help you focus on and further your goal of the salvation and sanctification of your family, a goal that only God can achieve, and yet a goal he has called you to work toward. And that's from Proverbs 22.6. Spiritual success, this is important, listen to this one, spiritual success is never up to you. Yet you must bring the gospel to your children. God is the only one who can give the fruit. Yet you are called to obedience and faithfulness. Getting things done is necessary so that you can keep your eyes on eternity. It's hard to find time to talk to your children about Jesus when you've been procrastinating on other things. It's hard to be an example of devotion when you rarely put your phone down to take up your Bible. A Christian who is living in obedience to God is a Christian who gets things done because the work is given by God. End quote there from Esther. So what is our work? We seem to forget at times who, capital A, capital W, don't you the capital H, how many times do I do that? Who, capital W, plans our days and who allows moments in our days. 
that we might consider interruptions. They weren't accidents or interruptions, but they were purposely planned by our God for our good. Think Romans 8.28. These interruptions, ladies, are not taking us away from our real work because they are the real work the Lord desires for us to accomplish. We can miss the work we've been given when we think the important work, um, that it's not changing diapers or washing dishes. The reality is this is important work too, right? Our children are not an interruption to our work. They are important work above our household tasks. My home and the upkeep of it isn't unimportant. It's an area that God has given me stewardship over and he desires me to care well for it and for those inside of it. The reality is we're not going to finish everything that we think to needs to be done in a day or even in our lifetimes, but we are going to finish the work that the Lord has ordained for our days. We are going to have days that seem like total chaos and so many things on our to-do list Maybe we never got to or some were just left unfinished, but maybe that was the day we spent ministering to a friend who had a need on the phone. Maybe that was the day we spent an hour in prayer over a broken relationship. Was it the day we needed to make dinner for a family in need or we needed to spend some time in the word or in prayer? We don't want productivity to be just an end goal and miss the greater goal the Lord has in mind our sanctification. Jesus lived a very short but eternally productive life, and he stated to his father that, quote, I have finished the work you gave me to do. These moments or days that seem mundane or very not very, maybe they don't seem very spiritual, ladies. These are all the work the Lord has given us. The Bible doesn't tell us to be the one who gets the most things done but it does tell us to redeem the time we've been given. We are all given the same 24 hours in a day. The verses in the Bible that seem to be known as the time management verses are Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. How do we redeem the time we've been given? We control our time and what we do with it. We really do to some degree as we're planning, right? In redeeming our time, it means that we are doing what is the best thing to be doing at that moment. If we work, let's kind of work through these verses in Ephesians 5 to 6, um, 15 and 16. And if you're looking at your phone or you can get your Bible, I'll just open it and take a peek then. So I'm going to read it again. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. So right there, carefully, we, we're going to be careful. We're going to discern, all right? And it's talking about how we conduct ourselves. We want to form the best plans and utilize the best means for their execution. How do we make the most of every opportunity? How do we make wise use of every opportunity? These are good questions to just ask ourselves. Our time is limited. There is a proper time and season for everything. And as busy homemakers, this is important, all right? Using our time well doesn't automatically mean that all that's on our to-do list will get accomplished that particular day, but what God has ordained for the day will get done. And we need to hold to that. If we have planned and we have used our time well and we have trusted our day to God, right? 
whatever he has ordained, it's going to get done and taken care of. So what is the next best thing? Really the title of the podcast here today. So stick with me. I'm getting through this here. This is simply learning how to prioritize what is most important. And it sounds easier on paper than it can be in the reality of our days at times. And I'm working through learning this one with you. If I'm reminded that my children are not an interruption, but they are important work, they are more important than my household tasks, then when my child is naughty or disobedient, I need to remember that that is a God-ordained moment to get to point them to the need of a savior. It's not a moment to wash the floor. I need to stop and focus on what is the best use of my time at that moment. And my favorite phrase to remember for myself, because I need this again and again, this reminder is in those moments is to pause and to pray before I respond. It's not an interruption or an inconvenience. It is the most important work. If your child spilled something, had an accident, clean it up with an attitude of doing all your work as unto the Lord without grumbling or complaining. And that's what we're called to do. And that means no grumbling or complaining on the inside too. That is still sin. We need to shift our mindset to keeping our focus on getting the right things done instead of just getting things done. Our attitude matters here. I can be good at attending to the right need at the right moment, but with the wrong attitude. Again, this is sin. Our internal heart motives matter before the Lord. This is usually, I'm speaking for me here, the part of me that needs the most sanctification. We can be really good at self-managing our outward behavior while all the while harboring sinful attitudes on the inside. If you're impatient as you're sitting in traffic, repent of it and praise God for his grace to show you this sinful attitude in your heart and ask him to help grow you in patience. How can you redeem? Let's look at traffic. How do you redeem the time in traffic? What does that look like? In that moment, I'm remembering that God controls everything. Our God is sovereign over everything, even my traffic jam and your traffic jam. So in that moment, we can take the time to pray for someone or have a conversation with your kiddos while you're waiting. Maybe I'm being held up because there was an accident. I can pray for those people involved in that accident and the the firefighters and the ambulance people that came to help. We can redeem the time. So how do we grow in sanctification? So these tasks, again, we have to accomplish are not just merely to get things done, but they are to grow us in our sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 tells us, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, and also that we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. And that's Galatians 5.22-23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These ordinary moments we have in our days are what God uses to grow us more in his likeness. And I love this reminder from J.R. Miller. He says, you pray to have the Christian graces in your life. You want to have joy, patience, gentleness, humility, mercifulness, but these heavenly qualities cannot be put into your life at once. They have to grow from small beginnings, beginnings to perfection, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear, and that requires a long time, end quote. 
God's work in us to make us holy is sanctification. God is continually at work in us to sanctify us. When we came to faith in Christ, sanctification began, and that's called definitive sanctification. When we came to Christ, we died to sin as Christ did, so we are no longer under the dominion of sin. This doesn't mean we don't sin, because we still do. We know that, right? 1 John 1, 8 tells us, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay, but our bondage to sin is broke and we are no longer slaves to sin. We have been given new hearts and affections to obey God and desire to do his will. There's more to the doctrine of sanctification and what we're discussing here on this podcast really is progressive sanctification. This is our growth in holiness as we progress in God's ways and desires for our lives. We are called with God's help to do battle with the sin in our lives and not to be complacent. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize so that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified." All right, so Paul is not literally talking about beating himself here, that boxing that was figurative. You don't need to go around hitting yourself. Physical beating doesn't change our heart there. But I appreciate the description of these verses in 1 Corinthians. And there's a site that I love to use for um, Bible study, and it's preceptaustin.org, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But the the little, um, I don't know what to call it, the little commentary part on this particular verse said And I'm just going to read it to you because it's just easier to do that than reword this on my own because it was just good. So it said, spiritual growth comes when we do our part as we rely upon the Holy Spirit's enablement. True spirituality is neither entirely passive, it's not let go and let God, nor entirely active, where we might say, I've got to do this all by myself. This verse up in 1 Corinthians that we just read, it balances a moment-by-moment dependence upon the Spirit with a tough-minded attitude toward the flesh. Is this spiritual life dependent upon God or upon me? The answer is yes. All right. End quote there on that particular quote. So the process of progressive sanctification is ongoing in our lives. Philippians 2, 12-13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. All right, so it is by God's grace we are able to grow. So when you see those moments in your life of change and obedience to God's ways, Praise and thank him for working in your life. Again, as we stated earlier, this isn't passive. It's not let go and let God. That's not biblical, all right? Just thinking of the term, quote, let God, I don't need to let God do anything. He's God and he's going to do what he pleases. All right, I'm getting sidetracked here, but it's making me think I need a whole podcast on sanctification. All right, but what I do want you to take from this is the attitudes and good works that come out of our sanctification are the fruit of the Spirit. It is the Spirit at work in us and through us in our 
ordinary, mundane moments of our days to mold us more and more into the image of Christ. The Lord has given us new hearts and minds to see his hand at work in all things. So where's our fulfillment found? So as wives and mothers and homemakers, we have a lot to do on our to-do list and we can too often accomplish, and we we can, I want to say this in a positive way, we can accomplish these tasks with a merry heart and we don't have to find ourselves distracted and anxious like Martha. Too many times though, we can find our value in how much we accomplish or how productive we are with our days. Don't misunderstand me. We need to plan and work and keep our to-do list or whatever system we use to keep order in our days. We need to learn to manage our time well. I shared this quote on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I love this reminder. It's from Courtney Reisig. She said, the purpose of the home is to be a place of refuge, grace, and productivity, not a platform for me to prove what a great homemaker I am, end quote there. Okay, so the tools that I use or you use to manage your days. For me, my tools, they help me get time to sit with God's word and in prayer with him. They help me to make time to study the word. Taking the time to sit with my planner and plan my days have been helping freeing my mind so I don't have to mentally remember every single task on my list in my head or to forget important items that need taken care of or needs to be met or people to meet together or get time with for family and friends. It's good to plan. We need to learn how to use these tools well, but also we need to learn when it is time to be like Mary and focus on the one thing that is needed. And Mary not only did the one thing, but she had chosen the good portion. It was a choice. I want to choose the good portion. I want to, as Mary did, to sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his voice. His word is where I'm going to receive the good portion that my soul needs most. When our eyes are on Christ and focusing on the eternal, we will be getting the best things done. And one of those best things when we do this is being more and more conformed to his image as we die to our desires and to-do lists and we live to him. Because true satisfaction is found only in Christ, not in checking off all the boxes of my to-do list. If I finished my list, but at the end of the day was short with my husband, cleaned the shower with a complaining heart, and neglected to show compassion to my child when they had a need, I have forgot that God is much bigger than my to-do list. I'm seeking fulfillment in the wrong place. Christ's example was of a servant, and Philippians 2.7 reminds us that he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Jesus didn't try to fulfill himself, but he emptied himself. In the little booklet I mentioned above by Esther, How Can I Feel Productive as a Mom? She says, people often ask, often ask, often ask what we would do if we only have 24 hours left to live. She continues and says, we don't have to wonder what Christ would do in that situation because we have it recorded in the Bible for us. And what did Jesus do, ladies? In his last 24 hours, he took the form of a servant he washed the disciples' feet, he served them a meal, and he went to the cross for them and for us. Elizabeth Elliot states on that, on that thought there, does God ask us to do what is beneath us? This question will never trouble us again if we consider the Lord of heaven taking a towel and washing feet. End quote there. So 
my ladies, my mamas out there, my wives out there, look with your eyes on eternity and seek your contentment in a God who is sovereign over every little detail of your life. This is a God who, when you repented and put your faith and trust in him, he loves you just because of who you are. He looks at you and he says, you are mine and I love you. Make the best use of your time in each of those moments with a heart full of gratitude and praise to him for saving your soul and for giving you this gift of a family and home and friends to love and care for. And our purpose is to glorify him. Our end purpose is to glorify him in all the mundane moments of our days and not just to get things done. God's will for us, my ladies, is so much greater than our to-do lists. So my friends, remember always, Jesus is enough. Thank you so much for your time today. And you can find a good portion of this podcast to read over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com along with the links that were mentioned in the podcast. And always I tell you this just in case. (laughs) If I forgot a link and you're looking for it, shoot me an email. Not a problem at all. I'd love to help you out with that. And I am forgetful. I miss quite a few things. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast, I always call out to you to please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It is such a help to other Christian homemakers to find it. And thank you again for those of you who have taken the time to leave reviews wherever you listen. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you. And my resource of the week is what I talked about earlier, but I also have a special resource I want to highlight. It's my free library at the blog, but my resource I want to highlight over at it are, um, it's called 20 Ways to Find Time with the Lord When Your Days Are Crazy Busy. And I think it'll be a helpful quick read for you, something you can print off the list and keep handy. Uh, The title makes it pretty straightforward. So it pretty much says what's in it. If you haven't got to grab it yet, go over to the free library and sign up there to get your free download. And I just added a daily docket there too that I love. It's one that I use personally that I think some of you will really enjoy. So have a very blessed week, my dear friends. Mm